Good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone to worship. Thank you for being here in this uh, challenging weather. Our mystery prelude, uh, sponsored by Albert Magdalene Bayan, uh, for his wife Susan. Happy anniversary. Did anybody get the song? All my life. Very good. There's a relationship workshop, and some of you could really use this, coming up February 3rd and February 10th by um, Pastor Ron Farah, and uh, check that out in the announcements. Wednesday lunch and worship, lunch at noon, worship at 1. Also, Pastor Greenwald's back, and we welcome him back, and his Tuesday morning Bible study will resume this week. Um, fellowship breakfast, June 27th, Reverend Farah's going to continue his discussion on transitions. Jams, our young people, 6th to 8th grade, are having a game night, January 19th. January 24th, Kids Against Hunger, we need two shifts. We're planning on packing 40,000 meals, so if you could help, we'd really appreciate it. January 20th, if you're interested about Alter Guild, or you are an Alter Guild, uh, come to their breakfast, and Dr. Sandy Porsche is going to be talking about prayer and the power of prayer. Chicks with Sticks meets January 19th. Everything they make goes to the Detroit Street Mission. And also, uh, Young Adult um, Bowling Night, January 20th, 6 p.m. If you're interested, check out your announcements. And we welcome the Palmer Clan. Three baptisms today, and we had one at 9 o'clock, so it's a special day for Redeemer. We rise for opening hymns. Snowing in the morning, so of kindness, so we in the meantime and the doing, waiting for our harvest and the time of reaping, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. our beginning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated and we invite the baptismal group up.
Our Lord commanded baptism, saying to his disciples in the last chapter of Matthew, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I will be with you always. To the very end of the age, the holy apostles of the Lord have written, The promise is for you and your children, and baptism now saves you. So receive the sign of the cross on your forehead, thank you, and on your heart, and on your forehead, and on your heart, I promise I won't bite, and on your forehead, and on your heart, to mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. Hear now how our Lord Jesus Christ has opened the kingdom of God to little children. People were bringing the little children to Jesus to have him bless them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And to the sponsors, it is your task as sponsors to confess with the whole church the faith in our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in whose name these children are to be baptized. After these children have been baptized, you are at all times to remember them in your prayers, put them in mind of their baptisms, and, as much as in you lies, give your counsel and aid, especially if they should lose their parents, that they be brought up in the true knowledge and worship of God, and be taught the Ten Commandments, the Creed, and the Lord's Prayer, and that they grow, in ye and as they grow in years, you place in their hands the Holy Scriptures, bring them to the services of God's house, and provide for their future instruction in the Christian faith, abiding in their baptismal grace and in the communion with the church, they may grow up to lead a godly life to the praise and honor of Jesus Christ. This, then you intend gladly and willing to do, say yes. Because these children cannot answer for themselves, we shall all together with parents and sponsors faithfully speak on their behalf in the testimony of the forgiveness of sins, and the birth of life and faith which God our Father bestows in and through baptism. And so I ask everyone present, do you renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways? If so, then say, I do renounce them. I do renounce them. Do you believe in God the Father Almighty? If so, then say, yes, I believe in God the Father. Yes, I believe in God the Father. Do you believe in his only Son, Jesus Christ? If so, then say, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ. Yes, I do you believe in the Holy Spirit who calls and sanctifies and makes the church holy? If so, then say, yes, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Yes, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Who brings these children to be baptized? And how is this one named? Okay. Charlotte Rose Palmer, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Here is your baptismal napkin. You can dry your head. And may Almighty God, who has given you new birth of water and the Spirit, strengthen you with His grace unto life everlasting, Charlotte. Here's your baptismal shell.
How was this child named? Henry Palmer. Henry Tennant Palmer, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. May Almighty God, who has given you new birth of water and spirit, strengthen you with his grace unto life everlasting. Henry, your baptismal napkin. <laughs> and your shell. How is this child named? Richard Tennant. Or, uh, James Richard Palmer. <laughs> James, James Richard Palmer, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May Almighty God, who has given you the faith, strengthen you unto life everlasting. Amen. Here's this baptismal napkin. A practice of the third century church to give the newly baptized a lit candle to serve as a constant reminder that we're assured faith burns within their heart. And through baptism, God has added Charlotte and Henry and James to his own people to declare the wonderful deeds of our Savior who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And on behalf of Redeemer, we welcome you into the Lord's family. We receive you as a fellow member of the body of Christ, children of the same Heavenly Father, to work with us in his kingdom. And you, Charlotte, Henry, and James, the Lord bless you in all your ways from this day and forevermore. We welcome our newly baptized. And you can extinguish the candles and go back. You can extinguish the candles and go back to your seat. I gotta wear this for the service. We invite the children forward for the children's message. Good morning. Oh, come on, okay, let's try it one more time. Good morning. Oh, good to see you. You know, I have a, a book here, and actually I have a series of these. This is all the holy days and holidays of the Bible. Another one in this series is all the men of the Bible, all the women of the Bible, all the miracles of the Bible, all the parables of the Bible, and the list goes on and on. And I really like these books, and I want to make sure people know this belongs to me. What should I do? Write my name in it. Look, I got this when I was ordained from somebody, and you put it in the page, and you squeeze it really hard, and there's a cross, and it says the Library of Reverend Randall J. Schlock. That's pretty cool. People know this is mine now, right? Yeah, with our baptisms today, God wrote his name on their hearts. And those three lovely children are children of God, and they belong to God. You know, baptism is a great thing. And something we started, I saw a grandma of a child I baptized, and she was taking water out of the baptismal font afterwards, 
and had a little vial of water to, as a keepsake. And I thought, that's a great idea. So we started doing that here. So we had to make sure we got three bottles filled with the water for the baptisms we did. And you probably, when you were baptized, Pastor probably said, receive the sign of the Holy Cross, both upon your forehead and upon your heart, to mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. You know why we start church in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit every Sunday? It's to remind us of our baptism. And many people will cross themselves at that point to remember their baptism, how important that is. So I want to thank you for coming up, and today you'll get a cross, just like the pastor put on your forehead and heart. Our Old Testament this morning is from 1 Samuel 3, verses 1 through 10. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel! Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Here ends our Old Testament reading. Our epistle reading this morning is from Romans 15, verses 1 through 9. <clears throat> we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed and, moved, and move over that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles, I will sing the praises 
of your name. Here ends our epistle lesson. Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. <clears throat> Our Holy Gospel reading this morning is from John 1, verses 43 through 51. Mm-hmm. 
The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, He truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you. I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Here ends our Holy Gospel reading. Please be seated.
mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. My favorite job ever, I guess I have to say redeemer, but it was working at a supermarket. It was my favorite job. I had packed bags, stocked shelves. I learned so much there and had so many friends. Mr. Kuba, the manager, he'd stand behind a door with a glass in it, and he had a mustache, and he'd watch us pack bags like this. And one day, it was a nice spring day, two of my co-workers, they went to lunch, and when they come back, they walk up to Mr. Kuba, and they say, it's a nice day, we quit. I'm thinking, what would make you do that? But as I look back on it, I'm sort of envious. I've never done that. And this is probably my last place of employment, so one day I'm just going to walk in and I quit. Done. <laughs> if I could make the money I make here, I'd go back to the supermarket like that. <laughs> What's your calling? What is your life about? Today we're looking at Eli. Uh, the Gospel lesson, Old Testament lesson, both talk about God calling, Jesus calling the disciples, God calling Samuel. Now, it all started when Hannah, this is Samuel's mom, Hannah had no children. Her husband also had another wife, and she had many children. And in those days, if you didn't have children, you were looked down upon. And his other wife taunted Hannah. Hannah went to the temple, their annual sacrifice, and she's praying, mumbling. Eli, the guy we're talking about in the Old Testament lesson, Eli, he is um, a priest and he is also a judge. At this time, they were ruled by judges. He saw her mumbling and he thought, claimed or thought she was intoxicated and confronted her. And she shared that she was just praying and he would say, go in peace, the God of Israel grant you your petition. She had a baby. Samuel. Samuel means the Lord hears. The Lord heard her prayer. He decide, she decided to give Samuel up, probably at age four, for life of service in the temple. You imagine how hard that would be. So Samuel serving under Eli, Samuel will be the last judge. He will usher in the days of the kings. Now, it's interesting, the, the, the voice of God wasn't heard much then. He's laying down. We're told the lamp hadn't gone out yet. We're getting, getting a little clue there. God commanded them to have a, a candle, a, a torch lit during the night. He's sleeping by the tabernacle. There, the, the, the tabernacle within the temple, and it's really not a temple at this point, is uh, just a mobile thing that you can move. And within that tabernacle was Joshua's uh, staff. There was a, a gold container filled with manna. Remember how God fed them in the wilderness. And the Ten Commandments. The candle hadn't gone out yet. So it burned all night. We can assume this is early, early, early in the morning. Samuel hears the voice of God, mistakes it for Eli, goes to tell Eli, Eli's like, I didn't call you three times. Finally, Eli says, it must be God. Listen. 
Samuel, Samuel. You know, only eight times in the Bible do we have somebody's name repeated by God twice. You have Moses, Jacob, Abraham, Saul, and a number of others. Samuel says, I'll listen. Listen to what Samuel is told by God. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone here who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli, that's the guy, his overseer, everything I spoke against his family from the beginning to the end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Huh, sort of a warning to parents. Eli seems to be a good priest, a good judge. His sons would follow in his path, but his sons were evil and did wicked in the sight of God. And God's upset with Eli because he's not confronting the evil in his own household. What a warning to moms and dads, grandparents, about raising our children, about not turning a blind eye to something that is wrong. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli his vision. Samuel's a teenager, probably. Young boy. Eli's his mentor. And he has to tell him this? But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you, Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Philistines are the enemies of Israel now. There's a battle Obviously, Eli's the judge. Okay, he's in charge. His two sons are in the battle. They got defeated. Everybody runs home. One of the soldiers came to Eli to report. What about my sons? Both dead. We're told Eli's an old man, very heavy set. And when he heard the news, he fell off his chair, broke his neck, and died. Now Samuel will be the last judge of Israel. In Acts 13, 20, all this took about 450 years. After this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel the prophet. So 370 years in Egypt, 40 years in the wilderness, and here judges have ruled. Samuel is perhaps one of the greatest prophets in a sense. In Jeremiah 15, 1, Jeremiah is pleading for his people. He wants to make intercession, but they are so sinful. Listen to what God said. Then the Lord said to me, even if Moses and Samuel were to stand before me, my heart would not go out to this people. Send them away from my presence. Let them go. Samuel was a great prophet, a wonderful judge. There's a little story in, in early in the book of Samuel. Because you think about Hannah, his mom, 
and dad giving that child up? But Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. Each year his mother made him a little robe and took it to him when she went up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. Eli would bless Elkanah, that's Hannah's husband, and his wife, saying, May the Lord give you children by this woman to take the place of the one she prayed for and gave to the Lord. And they were blessed. Now, time of kings. Uh, Samuel will anoint the first king, Saul. God will reject Saul, and secretly, Samuel will go anoint the next king, which will be King David. He will not live long enough to see King David on the throne. But Samuel wasn't excited about having kings. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this, this please Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord told him, listen to all the people, what they are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods. So they are doing it to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly and let them know what a king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, this is what a king who will reign over you will claim as his rights. He will take your sons and make them serve in his chariots and horses. They will run in front of his chariots. Some he will assign to be commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties. Others to plow his ground, reap his harvest, and still others to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to, per to be performers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. He will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give it to his officials and attendants. Your male and female servants and the best of your cattle and donkeys he will take for his own use. He will take a tenth of your flocks and you yourselves will become his slaves. When that day comes, you will cry out for relief from the king you have chosen, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then he will be like all the other nations. They got a king. You know, our founding fathers knew their scripture very well. And they were very aware of that verse. And they saw the king in England in that sight. And often our soldiers in the revolution would shout to the opposing army, we have no king but Jesus. So what's your call? What is it God wants you to do? And is God asking you to do something different? Is he moving you in a different direction? A different vision for you? You know, my mom always said, Randy, I, I don't care what you do. If you end up in a circus, following the elephant, picking up his, his droppings, you do it well. Obviously, she set the bar low so she wouldn't be disappointed. <laughs> Martin Luther shed some light on our work, our vocations. You know, the term vocation was only applied to church workers in Luther's day, to the nuns, to the priests, to the bishops. They had vocation. People who were not in the church work had no vocation. 
Luther discovers, rediscovers what Scripture says, that we're all priests. In 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. For Luther, this is a great discovery. And he understands that at the foot of the cross, all ground is level. And that you and I are all priests. And all of us, our lives matter, and it makes a difference, and we have a calling. And we should understand our holy calling. man by the name of uh, Michael. He was a Baptist minister. He took a trip with a bunch of other Baptist ministers. They went to Holy Land. They went to Germany. Michael was so impressed that Martin Luther could bring... Martin Luther drastically changed his culture. And he was so impressed that Martin Luther could do all that without war, but peace and words and reasoning. Michael, Michael King Sr. would change his name to Martin Luther King Sr. And he would change his son's name, who was five years old at the time, Martin Luther King Jr. Listen to what Reverend King said in 1967. When you discover what you're going to do in life, Set out to do it as if God Almighty called you at this particular moment in history to do it. If it falls your lot to be a street sweeper, sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures, sweep streets like Beethoven composed music, sweep streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry, sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, here lived a great sweet street sweeper who swept his job well. Powerful words. Truly echoing the words of Martin Luther. Martin Luther on vocation. All Christians have a calling in the church. We all have been called in the faith, and we are all called to a local congregation where we each have a part to play in the community of faith. It doesn't matter what you do in church. It's holy work. You sing in a choir, altar guild. Do you notice Norm Morale? He, he just retired from ushering after 20 years. What a quitter, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we thank him for that service. The ushers, they do holy work. Listen to what else Luther wrote. We don't choose our vocations. God chooses us for them. The Christian can understand the ordinary labors of life to be charged with meeting through our labor, no matter how humble God is at work. Luther reminds us our work is holy. Whatever you do, as a father, mother, husband, wife, those relationships are holy. Grandparent, a son, a daughter, a student, what you do is holy. Your work, and I don't care if you're flipping burgers or a CEO of a big company, it's the same level, holy work, carried out well. Again, Luther, vocations are masks of God. On the surface, we see an ordinary human face, our mother, the doctor, the teacher, the waitress, our pastor, but beneath the appearances. God is ministering to us through them. God is hidden in human vocations. 
This week, give some thought. For you have been redeemed through the cross. You and I are priests, and we have been called to holy work. And whatever your task, it is holy. Take it as holy work. Make it a sacrifice. Make it part of your worship to God. You don't serve people, you serve God. And do it well. And do it to his glory, that he may be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We rise to sing the offertory.
Blessed those who live to give of their time and talents to help others in this world who is calling, who calling is to make life that bit easier for so many. May the love they show become seeds that are sown in this self-centered world and others respond to your will. Today, we pray for those grieving the loss of loved ones, the family and friends of Jacqueline Steigerwald. We pray for those facing health concerns, the Reverend Bill Weed, Richard Bergstrom, Keith Murphy, Carol, Rome Carol Romeo, Joe Legault, Evelyn Springstead, Greg Merriman, Marianne, Mick Lanthier, Tim Nelt, Myrna Orva, Gordon, Tom and Mary Jane Johnson, Max Mergert, Rick Seafelt, Patrick Cubitt, Betty, Beth Hamada, Courtney Vanderwerp's nephew, Dr. Dale Robinson, Jeff Walsh, Ron Ging, Rick and Carol Warnicki, Tony Cornett, Pat Nils, and Chris Decker. We pray for those in hospice care at Unruh. Please watch over the people of the Middle East during this time of war. We pray for all those serving in the military, police, and firefighters, for all world leaders to be receptive to godly counsel, and for all those suffering from other health concerns. We welcome today, through baptism, Griffin, uh, and we also welcome James and Charlotte and Henry. And for all those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, our chapel altar flowers were placed by Tim and Kim Kennedy. All this we ask as you have taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for God is the kingdom and the bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant to you his peace. Amen. Amen. Oh, God. 
that preach like Paul. 